Turn me up in the headphones. Like that? Yeah. Like it's hot wax, put it out, all the stores. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the Charts Tuesday. Uh, we don't get a lot of hip-hop on Top of the Charts Tuesday because, I, obviously, hip-hop hadn't been wrong for, what, 45, 50 years, yeah. something like that. So, my man uh, Patrick goes way, way back on Top of the Charts Tuesday. Jams he plays that reached the top of the Billboard Shorts on this day in history. Uh, but every now and then, we get a little hip-hop, and this was a classic. This is also classic. some of the earlier hip-hop you get. And that, that hit the top of the charts. It did because it's P. It's one of PD's first jams, like yeah. first uh, like big because, real, real one. Yeah, because a lot nice. of that earlier stuff didn't get to number one on the charts. Yeah, it, it was popular, but it didn't get to number yeah. one on so the charts. So the stuff charts. that is now is like tw- you know twenty ten, yeah. twenty yeah. you know. This and is ninety seven. The, the brilliance of P Diddy was ninety seven. Yeah, P Diddy engineered all of his songs to hit the Billboard charts. And to top them, that's why he used all the samples. People yep. always criticize, like, why do you sample so much using all these old songs? People know he's like, no, no, that's nostalgia. I need the nostalgia. He's like, because hip hop is new. So when people hear that old right. beat, they go, oh, man, I remember that old school beat. And then they hear us lay it down the track and they go, oh, man, I love it. I love it. And they can't figure out why they love it so much. It's nostalgia, baby. Exactly. Yeah, Samples. Yeah, really. It was brilliant. He sampled, he, he, he made it an art form to sample. And then hip hop obviously has sampled a ton, but uh, he made it an art form. And I remember that. And he was all about, he wanted to, because remember, gangster rap kind of took over hip hop. It still has obviously heavily influenced hip hop, but he wanted to bring it back to being a club. Oh, yeah, he wanted a club genre. Yeah. Where people would be dancing the whole time. That's why Suge said, You want people dancing in the video? (laughs) Come to death, bro. That's exactly right. It was. It was right. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh, was, the executive producer dancing in the video. Yeah, no, P. Diddy, man. He did the damn thing. And Mace. Oh, I was a big Mace fan back in the day. Mace has found the Lord since, and I think Mace does Christian. Rap now. I know. He, 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 he jumps back into the water, though. Does he? Does, oh, does yeah. he jump back into the oh, water? Yeah. Can you jump back in? Can you go? Oh, you all can, the way in. Can you go Christian rap and then jump back into like the gangster rap? When the streets around? be calling you, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, that must mean the Christian rap to make enough money. Uh, that's to pay the bills. Huh? The samples wasn't the same, right? <laughs> Christian rap does not bang the same. I won't no, admit that. No, it don't, it, don't, it don't hit the same. Uh, but that's okay. So, uh, anyway, my man Patrick, always doing a great job on a Top of the Trust Tuesday. We appreciate his efforts, as always. All right, we're going to talk some. Uh, in national title here. We'll talk about UConn winning their national title and also get into the latest in the Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese controversy because the first lady has weighed in. Yes, she had something to say yeah, about it. Did. And I told you guys yesterday it was going to get political. He I did. just predicted it'd be Trump. It wasn't Trump. And I'll admit, President Trump's got a lot going on he right now. He was busy. He's getting a little busy. He was uh, when, busy. He's, when he's done with all some of this stuff, he may decide he, he may wants to uh, make a comment. But uh, it wasn't that political slant ends up being uh, the first lady who turned it into a uh, kind of a political um, eh, political card, if you will. You have to play that political card, some are no. saying. Um, but I, I, I think more so she just uh, got kind of caught up in the moment. And I think America did. We got some numbers to back that up as well. But let's talk first about... Ooh, First of all, before we get to that, sidebar, I wanted to uh, find this story, and I finally did. Remember I told you that Greg Norman, who's not going to be attending the Masters, he's not attending the Masters, but he's going to have, I think, 18 live golfers representing the live tour at the Masters. Um, They're having their Masters dinner, so it's only a few Masters winners or former Masters winners who are also invited to dinners who also joined the live tour, so not many of those guys. But 
Um, I did see the story. Greg Norman said that if a member of the Live Tour wins, he wants them to celebrate on the uh, the 18th green. <laughs> He's doing together. too much. He wants them to go straight up NWO. He said, "Quote: um, If one of them wins, then the other 17 will hang out around and be there to congratulate him around the 18th green. <laughs> Could you imagine what a scene that would be? All these players hugging the winner. You only see things like that in the Ryder Cup, although it's happening in our events more and more." So I don't know if he's saying he's planning this if they win. Yep. But that would be a straight up NWO type. That's like that's like standing on the opposing team's uh, like mascot or something yeah. at midfield. Or Going to like midfield like, like like uh like, T.O. did. Yeah, like that. No, man. We live on live yeah. taking over the masters, <laughs> exactly. baby. It's a live takeover of the masters. The masters would throw <laughs> all of them out because oh, that's like, that like dancing on the star. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I'm right? Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I'm telling you, I think this live tour could be this this live tour uh, kind of headline now with the masters and the actual angst, the live. I mean, the real live angst that exists and. And between the players on the PGA and these live players, I think it end up honestly it could replicate some of what we just watched with the women's national title game. Yep. I mean, that's the truth of it. And we'll get to those ratings, but that was one of the highest rated sporting events ever. It like was it really, up 103% <laughs> from last year. Well, yeah. I mean, well, 103. I'll, I'll, get, well, I'll give you all the comparisons, but that was one of the highest rated sporting events ever. And it was because. They had a lot of storylines, and they had some really dynamic personalities, mm-hmm. and people tuned in to see you see the villain, all right, the protagonist, the antagonist going uh, against each other, and I think it ended up captivating the country. All right, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk more Masters as the week goes on, but I thought that was a little funny story. Uh, okay, let's get to uh, UConn and winning their fifth national title. Um, and Horace, what's the nugget that uh, that you gave us about how the – the, the state, the, the great state is yes. represented there. Four out of the five national championships that they have won have been won in the state of Texas. That is fantastic. Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston twice. I don't, like, how? <laughs> I know. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I know. Uh, and we did, and we found. What did you say, Patrick? When is the Final Four coming back to the state of Texas? What 2025, years? San Antonio, 2030, Arlington. All right. There you go. There you go. So get, go get ahead and get your lotto tickets. Get your futures ready. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. I don't know how that. And it's been multiple coaches too, right? Yes. I mean, three yeah, coaches. Yeah, we had uh, Calhoun started off, and then Kevin Ollie came in one one, and then right now it's it's uh, Dan, Hurley. Dan Hurley. Wow, and that is that to me. I, there's a lot of great stats about this UConn run. That might be to me the coolest stat. Yeah, because you know, I'm a Texan, so on anything. Um, all right, Howard, you want to give people a spoiler alert? Spoiler quick? alert! Spoiler alert! We're in the bottom of the seventh, headed to the eighth. Oh, no, we're still in the bottom of the seventh. Ah. Texas fans, rejoice. Texas is up <laughs> seven to one over Air Force. Yeah, they taking care of business. They're handling their business. Uh, they, we got multiple yeah. home runs in this game. Mm-hmm. Three home runs have been hit. Hey, now. And we're going to be able to continue starting a new streak. We're going to start a new streak <laughs> heading into the weekend. Uh, there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to get into some um, some more Texas football discussion next second, but let's talk about UConn winning their fifth national title. So how about this? I love this stat to show how dominant UConn's run was. So UConn played 240 minutes in six tournament games and trailed for just 31 of 31 game time minutes. That's just 13%. Uh, and only 55 seconds 
of second half, uh, second half of games that they trail. I mean, it was probably one of the most dominant runs we've ever seen. You go look at just the margin of victory in their six games, 24, 15, 23, 28, 13, 17. That's a plus 120-point differential. Uh, I mean, I, I can't remember a, a run this, this dominant. And strangely enough, they were, what, 80-1 to 1 preseason odds to win the, the, the national title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they weren't even ranked. They were not even ranked. They weren't even ranked. Uh, and they finished the season 17-0 straight up, 16-1 against the spread versus teams outside the Big East. So if you saw UConn for the first time and you didn't have familiarity with that roster uh, or with their game plan, I mean, they shell-shocked their opponents. And that's exactly what they did in March Madness. Teams that saw them for the first time in March Madness, they just could not handle UConn, man. It was uh, it was a truly dominant performance by them. And that's the funny thing about it when you sit here and remember we were talking about how the Big 12 was one of the best conferences out there uh the record was telling you that strength of schedule mm-hmm. all the metrics that you were look at to see which conference is tough and then boom here you go big east team ends up winning it and a team that was unranked at the beginning of the year and then you didn't even have a big east team i mean a, a big 12 team in the final four I mean, it's just it was a crazy, crazy situation this year. And you were talking about it too. You look at the basketball team and the championship that they just won. The Jonathan Hankins, number twenty-four for uh, the UConn Huskies. His name is Jonathan Hankins. I mean, Jordan Hankins. Oh, I was going to say Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, Jordan Hankins. Okay, he is the cousin. Of Angel Reese. That is a crazy story. Yes, they I, are cousins yes. from Baltimore. You, you sent us that. That yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. They're Man. about to be lit at the barbecue cookout. Man, them jeans and that family. Man. We need to do some, we need to do some research. Finally, and they he got was some, a baller, too. They got some cousins. Yeah. Some, something coming up, man. That no is, doubt. Wow. No yeah. doubt. Uh, that is great. So I couldn't believe that, too. That's another really strange uh, coincidence, uh, really cool story uh, having to do with this UConn win. Um, also, and, we and talk- he was a big part of their win yesterday, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, and we brought this up earlier. I mean, UConn's 20, basically since 99, they've gone on the strangest, mm-hmm. uh, weirdest, uh, honestly, championship run, if you will, because they've won five titles in that time span. So you're talking about 25 years and won five titles. They've only won five conference titles in that time span. I say only, but when you win five national titles, you'd think they'd they'd have more conference titles in that time span, but only five. They've missed a tournament eight times. Yeah, Seven times they didn't get out the first weekend, and they had three title games uh, against a five seed or worse it's just been it's just a really strange couple of decades for UConn, but every few years or so, you you can depend on UConn making a run. And as you pointed out, Hard, it's probably gonna be whenever they're in the state of Texas. <laughs> no doubt. Somehow. But at that it's amazing. They, a lot of people don't want to call them a blue blood because they don't have the you know, the antiquity and their tradition, right? It's not it doesn't go back to the uh kind of the founding days of college basketball. But I like to call some of these, and we got a lot of these in college football too. They're not blue bloods, they're new bloods. You cannot strip somebody of their blue blood status. Don't do it because somebody might try to do it to you, Texas football. <laughs> so you need to be on the you need to be on the uh, on my bandwagon, on the side of never stripping any institution or program of their blue blood status. Because if somebody can be stripped of it, like a Nebraska football, um, Texas football can be in that conversation too. So don't even entertain that. So you keep your blue blood status, but you get new blood status Mm -hmm. for the newer blue bloods. And honestly, that's UConn. 
They're a new blood, man. They are definitely a new blood, and they've been in the gang for a minute now. So I'm 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 looking at this team and was wondering where they have been, you know, big time time. You know, mm-hmm. when you start looking at you talked about the blue bloods, you talk about North Carolina, you talk about Duke, you talk about UCLA. Some people have still have Indiana in there because they won Kansas. Kansas is one that yep. you could definitely look at. And when you look at UConn, and, and if you're going to go strictly off of championships, you got to put them in there. Got to put them. Yeah, in they're there. what? They're tied for like fourth now, or yeah, something like that. You have five. to put them in. There. And then let's not forget, if we're just talking basketball, they got eleven women's. Yes, that's that. That you know what? You're right. And we are talking women's basketball these days. So let's say combined basketball championships at UConn is 16 titles. That's a good point. Yeah, nobody's touching that. No, I mean UCLA. UCLA's up there because UCLA was so dominant for a long time. But but yeah, in a modern era, there is no one coming close to combine national championships, men's and women's, to UConn. And That's they have funny. multiple, on the women's side, they have multiple player of the years. Like mm-hmm. every one of them that comes through there ends up going to the next level and dominating that too. And it's a, Going so, all the way back to Maya Moore. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good cash. point. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Uh, Rossi Bird, yeah, combining Rebecca Lobo basketball program. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, and, and now you put it like that. Yes, they are definitely. <laughs> a new blood. Yeah. So if we look at blood. UCLA has 11, Kentucky has eight, North Carolina has six, Duke has five, Indiana has five, UConn has five. Yep. For men's national championships, so they have to be considered. I mean, if you I just ran down are. the list, I think they are. They are. They've got five. Yeah, they got. A better, they got a better case than some of the old school exactly. blue bloods now too. Exactly. Uh, I'm with you on that. Um, all right, let's get to this other story because uh, this became a huge topic of conversation uh, yesterday. Of course, because we were talking about the uh, Caitlin Clark and the Angel Reese controversy. For those who don't know, I'm sure by now you've heard about it. But uh, Caitlin Clark, she became famous in the tournament because she was the best player, arguably, in the tournament. Uh, she broke all types of records for points scored and three-pointers made in the tournament. And she had a celebratory gesture uh, with that she copied from John Cena, who copied mm-hmm. it from Tony Yayo. Hello. G-Unit. And now they're saying that Flavor Flav, actually. May have been the genesis of it all. Have y'all oh, heard yeah. this now? Oh. The Flavor Flav now, there's video of Flavor Flav, and he has some type oh, of. Oh, yeah. Flav has always been me. out there. Remember, so Flav, Flav oh, had yeah. those kind of weird movements, too. So now there's some people saying, no, no, Flavor Flav was the original. Tony Yayo took it from Flavor Flav, and, took mm. it, and then Cena took it from Yayo. I know. I, I agree. But most of y'all are like, what, what the hell are they talking about? Exactly. We're talking about <laughs> young kids now, so it's John Cena. We just tried it. Yeah, exactly. It, you know? it's, it's the John Cena thing, but uh, we're just trying to make sure we give props where it is due. Uh, but anyway, uh, so. So it became a big topic of this conversation when Angel Reese, she decided to taunt Caitlin Clark after LSU beat uh, Iowa with her own gesture. And yes, she did kind of follow her around a little bit, too. So, yes, she she was a uh, gratuitous in her taunting. Uh, more so than Caitlin Clark, but still, it was her own thing, and she just kind of threw it in her face. And she said afterwards, "Hey, man, she was disrespectful for a lot of other girls and a lot of ladies." And I was just, you know, giving her a taste of her own medicine. I'm yep. paraphrasing. Yep. Yep. Uh, and matter of fact, we have some sound of Caitlin Clark actually, recent sound of her yeah. outside the lines. I believe it Where was. Where she came in and talking about yeah. Angel Reese specifically, talking about Angel Reese, the player, and the taunting incident, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, so the first lady. She decided that uh, she wanted to comment on the women's uh, national championship game. And she said this on Monday. 
She said, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe, I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. Uh, there was clarity by mm-hmm. her field, uh, uh, press secretary, mm-hmm. first lady's press secretary. This was happening earlier today on Twitter clarifying that uh, although Joe Biden admires uh, the, what the women have done in Title IX and how great the title game was, um, her comments in Colorado were intended to applaud the historic game and all women athletes. She looks forward to celebrating the LSU Tigers on their championship win at the White House. Joe Biden uh, also, President Biden also tweeted out that he's looking forward to welcoming the women's NCAA champions to the White House. No mention of Iowa at all. When Angel Reese uh, saw the story via Twitter. She commented um, on all caps, a joke, um, followed by three rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing emojis because uh, she obviously thought, oh, man, this is um, a bunch of BS. Is this April Fool's? Uh, it they was still not. doing the April Fool's jokes? It was not. Yeah. But she clarified. She did. That, she but, did. Oh, she, well, her press secretary clarified. What are your thoughts, Arch? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean. That shouldn't even been a discussion. <laughs> you don't get a you don't get a I I participated in the game trophy, so I deserve to go to the White House. No, <laughs> it's for winners. What did Mac Brown say? Oh, we're Augie. Augie said it. Augie. The world is a very different place for winners. For winners, so you don't get losers. to you don't get to jump on my back and come with me. If you mm-hmm. want to have a meeting with the Iowa players some other time, do that. Go there. She should. Yeah. I should, should do, do that. that. Yeah, I agree. But don't no 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 no. Don't yeah. don't don't steal the joy yeah. from what Kim Mulkey wouldn't have let that happen. Mm. I don't know what <laughs> is going on in here. I know Texas, y'all supposed to have more microphones than this. You know <laughs> she was talking trash. You know, Kim Mulkey ain't letting that happen. No, nah, she no. wouldn't let that happen. And she yeah, she's not soft spoken. She's gonna yep. let you know exactly how she feels. But that's that was part of the allure yep. of this game, right? And this matchup between Iowa and between LSU. I applaud these ladies, man. No doubt. Captivated America. Angel Reese, who was the obviously the most outstanding player in the tournament. And you know, and of course, Kaylin Clark, who was fantastic and broke all types of, and she's only a junior, yep. and she's one year away from being draft eligible. I believe Angel Reese is just a sophomore, mm-hmm. so th- we can see this rematch. Play out, yeah, we can see this play yeah. out again, and I yep. think we're all looking forward to it. So, nine point nine million viewers for the women's championship game. We brought these numbers up yesterday, hard, but now we got some comparisons to some of the other sporting events recently. So. That 9.9 million viewers is more than last season's Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, or Cotton Bowls. Uh, it's more than the Big 12, Pac-12, and ACC title games. Come on, man. More, more viewers than Notre Dame, USC, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Penn State, Bama, Texas A&M, primetime on CBS. So how about this? Sunday's audience for the women's national title game. Uh, exceeded every game of last year's NBA playoffs except for the NBA Finals, every game of last year's Major League Baseball postseason except for the World Series, every NASCAR race since 2017, including the Daytona 500, and every NHL game in more than 50 years. Yes, that includes your Stanley Cup Finals. These ladies did the damn thing. They did do it. Right, like, they did right. do it on a Sunday Come afternoon. <laughs> Did the damn thing. Was was tuned in and was talking trash and loving every bit of it. Man, loved every bit of that yeah. game. I'm with, I, I yeah. it was fan. It was really. And by the way, 
it wasn't that competitive of a game. The it game, really wasn't. I was just saying, it, 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 yeah, there were points. It some really was. It really was. LSU controlled and dominated that game for the most part. This is, guys, these are storylines that we, yeah. we're attracted to. America's watching this for the storylines. They're watching to see the interactions between the ladies and the trash talk and all this stuff going on. And like I said, that to me, they have a they have a storyline, whichever way you want to look at it. And yes, there are racism thrown in there and there's sexism thrown in there and there's some ageism thrown in there. All the things that captivate this country yep. that I love. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but as long as we can talk about them in a responsible way, it just all makes us better. We're better for that discourse. Uh, but Caitlin Clark was asked about this. We have this sound, Patrick, of on Outside the Line. So this is, I think this is actually yesterday or today. She was asked about Angel Reese taunting her. Mm-hmm. All right. And, you know, obviously throwing her own celebratory gesture in her face. I knew Kaylin Clark had that dog in her and I knew I was a fan of her. Now I'm even a bigger fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's Kaylin Clark on the Angel Reese situation. You know, one of the things people talk about is is race as a component of this. Your thoughts? Yeah. You know, I don't think Angel should be criticized at all. Um, you know, no matter which way it goes, um, you know, she should never be criticized for what she did. Um, you know, I'm just one that competes and she competed. So um, I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. So, um, you know, I don't think she should be criticized. Like I said, um, LSU deserves it. They played so well. And like I said, I'm a big fan of hers. There you go. See, Big fan. Now people. Big fan. Now people don't have nothing to talk about, Rob. Now people are going to be mad. Like, man, wait, what? She ain't got no problem with it. She didn't have a problem with it. She said it on the podium. She said it during the walkthrough. Matter of fact, there were a couple players before the game. They dapped each other up in the hallway because they were fans of each other. Mm-hmm. But when you get out there and you compete, that's what it's all about, the competition. There's always trash talking. For those that always say, no, I never trash talk, you a lie. There was something that came out your mouth during a game, during a pitch, during a tackle, during a shot, during a swing, whatever. It always happens because you are a competitor. Mm-hmm. It's just natural because I mean, there's a bunch that happens, and I'm I'm glad that she squashed it. I'm glad that she was the one who had the opportunity publicly now to say, man, get up. Don't, that's the last thing you need to be worrying about, man. She said she likes this type of exactly. uh, this this type of play. Get, that's how this I get coach, it in. This is the culture that she endorses. Exactly. She, wants to, she wants every women's basketball game to be this way. And if it was, the ratings would be through the roof. And her dad made her play with boys growing up. Like her entire career growing up before she had to play against other girls hmm. – she was playing with dudes. And you think there wasn't trash talk being talked? And, and what I love about it, though, is for these ladies, because, you know, usually when you have, uh, you know, women that are, you know, breaking stereotypes like these ladies are doing, it can have a negative effect on yeah. their earning power, earning potential, things of that nature. Not the opposite is exactly. happening. Uh, the fact that these ladies are becoming like, OK, Angel Reese has become kind of a villain uh, for for some folks is, you know, kind of a villain and kind of embrace that. I think LSU really kind of embraces that, too. Because Kim Mulkey does, yeah, right? Their that's team, who she is. their team reflects their leadership. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, man, I'm unapologetically who I am. That's right. If you don't like it, f you. That's right. That's you know what? Keep it moving. <laughs> that's exactly. Um, and her, I think her 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 ladies have kind of taken on that personality. So Angel Reese, now, how about this? Her agent says she's near two million combined followers Advisor. on social media. Advisor. 
Uh, it says agent here. Oh actually. my gosh, she's got an agent. It says it has her agent. <laughs> but remember, think about every NIL rule oh, is different right. depending on the state. So you can't right. hire agents. That's true. You just can't hire them in a capacity to represent you on a professional level. That is a true. Just represent you in the NIL level. That is true. Um, and so uh, how about this? She says that Angel Reese now has a ton of endorsements. Where it says seventeen NIL partnerships now. According to Sponsor United, the LSU store has 17 right. NIL deals now, which is the most in college basketball. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, boom, all of a here they come. she became like a villain. And how about this? She's got Wingstop. they got uh, McDonald's, Coach. And Ooh, how, Coach. I know, right? That's what I said, too. I said, that's wild. Yeah. And how about this? They're talking about a, a shoe deal. One agreement she has not signed yet. It's a sneaker deal. They said Adidas. Adidas, I'm going to call it in the hood. Hello. Nike, Under Armour have not shot away from inking deals with high school players and college stars. It uh, talks about how Haley Van Lythe, another trash-talking superstar in women's sports, she's got uh, a Adidas contract. And uh, just like Caitlin Clark signed back with Nike in October. Yep. So they already snatched her up. She's, I mean, that's just smart. Um, so they said the Jordan brand could be an option. Uh, you know Michael's looking at the ones that are, ta- that are talking trash. That I was like, and how about this? Mattel. Her Bayou Barbie thing? Oh, yeah. She's kind of, I think she's filed for a trademark. Uh, Reese and her team made the decision to trademark the nickname with the hope to sell it to Mattel yep. and have them essentially, like, essentially make a Bayou Barbie. You know that's going to happen, and you know it's going to be bought up like crazy. <laughs> and, and, it, and, it, and it tracks because you want these yes. women, they are heroes to a lot of the young girls who are out there playing these sports yep. and who want to be superstars like them. Oh, and Kaylin Clark has, I think, like $3 million in IO deals already, so she's set. Yeah, uh, she's but good. It, it's, it's, that's why she talks so much. That's yeah, you know what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd be talking that much too. If exactly. I was if I was that good and I was earning that much cash, I'd be talking that much too. And I'll say this a lesson can be learned from these ladies and the way they conducted themselves and the way that they were able to captivate a country because they have storyline first of all, captivating Per, dynamic personalities help. Mm-hmm. Had a text on here, bring up you know, those polarizing personalities. They do. They equal viewership. They do bring viewers to the screen. It's exactly what happened in this case. But also those storylines that transcend the sports page to the front page and now the first lady's got a comment on mm-hmm. them. Those types of stories, those are the types of stories they are going to drive ratings. And I always say villains create conflict and conflict creates storylines. That both of these ladies are considered a villain, depending on what side of the argument you're on. And both of them end up creating conflict either with each other or between us, sports fans, and then their negotiation storylines. And that's when your ratings are going to go up. Yep. Golf, the Masters, it is right there waiting for you. You got <laughs> yeah. live golfers, all right, who everybody hates, natural villains, the NWO of the golf world. I love the comparison right? of the NWO because that is that's outstanding. The, uh, you got Phil Mickelson and all these guys who, you Turn know, Brooks Kepka and yep. Bryce, who were at one time, you know, considered to be, you know, stars in the PGA who've turned he- hero to heel. Yep. And, and nobody's Bryson better. DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau. And nobody's better at creating storylines than wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling's been manufacturing storylines for decades and brilliant at it. Probably the best in it. All right. And whether you're talking about reality TV or you're talking about the best writers in Hollywood, hey, wrestling creates storylines because they're really good at getting villains 
identifying the villains to create conflict, and those villains create the storylines as well. And when they don't have a villain, what do they do? They create one. Yep. They take a, a Hollywood, they take a, a, a Hulk Hogan and turn him into Hollywood Hogan. They say, you know what? You got to go hero to heel. It's getting too boring. Let's, let's switch it up. Man, I've been telling kids to eat their vitamins. Exactly. How am I going to do that, brother? <laughs> and now, that's what you have now with Liv. You have yeah. all of these heroes who have not gone heel. Golf, take advantage of it. Yeah. And you got and pray that one of those live guys is on is is in uh, contention on that final day. If you got that and a big name PGA PGA guy, kind of like Rory, a guy who has openly shown disdain and angst for the yeah. live tour. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the key. Man. That's why Rory so needs to bonanza. win a, a Masters so he can be in the meetings because oh, he has won. True. He can't go to the dinner tonight. I don't think. Yeah, you're right. He can't. Okay, he's got he's got people. He's got yeah. Tiger. Him and Tiger are uh, close. Oh, Tiger's gonna be. Him in and Tiger there. are texting. He's like he's texting Tiger. Tiger, go over there and start. Go be petty. Yeah. Go start some trash talk. And he's with, you know he's snickering. <laughs> you right. Go call yeah. him Fig Jam to his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, man. It's great. It reminds me of the wrestling storylines from back in the day. All right, no we come back. We uh talk. We'll play the last remaining cuts from the audio cuts from Sark's media availability when we come back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Talk John nine. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here no on 1.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, and, man, a little Destiny's Child for you. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Okay, now this is. I'm trying to think of which version of Destiny's Child this is. This is still. Oh, this is everybody. Yeah. Well, the originals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the original. Yeah, remember they changed up. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. I believe this is the original crew with Kelly, Michelle, and Beyonce. Now there's a four. There's four. There's four. There's four in the original. That was three oh, in the exactly. Right. It, it went through several reincarnations. Well, Toya. You talking about my girl Toya? Toya. There you go. Yeah. Toya. Yeah. I look at her. She's like, oh, Toya. Oh, my girl Toya. Toya was one of my favorites early yeah. on. Yeah. She, yes, yeah. she was. But obviously, I'm a Kelly guy. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, it, it, Tell it, us it, about that. Nah. <laughs> Santa. I'll just say I uh, went to the same high school there, and uh, we were friends. And I, I think we could have been more than friends, and I think I screwed that up. But it's okay. Hey, man. Hey, we all got to walk our own path. I was going to say, man. You know I mean? Everything worked out the way it should. Yes, it did. You know what I'm you saying? You're damn right about there that. It is, Thank bro. you very much, brother. Yes, but I, I did. Listen, she was not. She was not the killer you see on TV today. She was a little homely, mm. all right, in high school. I saw the talent, okay? There it is. Oh, I you, saw, you, oh, I saw it. I saw the potential. See, you always had an eye for scouting Dude, talent, I man. I saw it. I, I knew saw that it in about the hallways. you, man. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, she yeah, got talent. Yeah. Y'all don't see it? Oh, I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. This, oh, trust me. I, I like that, bro. Anyway, let's get to some uh, some Sark uh, <laughs> cuts here. Hopefully Sark's seen a lot of talent uh, during spring football. He talked about the competition at corner. We talked about yes. uh, Gavin Holmes yesterday, who was stepping up at that field corner, opposite, field corner spot opposite of Ryan Watts. Um, so here is Sark being asked about the competition at the cornerback spot. I think we've got great competition at corner. Um, I think at both spots. I think Terrence Brooks has really, you know, kind of taken his game to another level. I think Gavin Holmes is performing um, at a high level. I think Ryan is, is doing what he's doing. I think Xavier Bryce is playing good football. 
Um, we've been moving Austin Jordan around. Jod A's a versatile player. So we're fortunate. Um, I think that the, we, you know, our coaches have done a good job kind of evaluating and recruiting that position. Um, and, again, I think competition is healthy for everybody. It usually brings out the best in you. All right, let's start talking about competition. Uh, speaking of competition, there's really no competition at tight end. J.T. Sanders is the guy. And uh, what after J.T. Sanders, though? A lot of uh, people are wondering. Uh, here is Sark talking about the tight ends this year during the spring. Yeah, I, I, Gunner, I think Gunner, I think, again, going into year three, played a pretty substantial amount last year for us in combination with J.T. Um, I think Juan, um, the first, you know, Kind of three weeks of spring has played his best football, has shown the best version of Juan Davis that we've seen. So, um, again, we have the addition of Spencer Shannon coming in the fall. Um, so, again, you know, as, as you work through it, you just want to be versatile enough. If, if, if you have to play with two tight ends, we can do it. If we're going to play with one, we can do that. If we can play with, if we have to play with none, we can do that. And so that's constantly what we're working towards so that everybody's comfortable in their role uh, in the organization. You know what I want to see because I I do think there's there's uh, you know issues with depth at tight end not depth I think you have guys but I don't think there's a precipitous drop off in the caliber of tight end after J T Sanders I would love to see a package with J T Sanders at tight end eleven personnel package one back one tight end J T Sanders at tight end and either I know it sounds crazy Jay Witt or Savion Red at the running back position and then your wide receivers are. Uh, either X-Men, uh, hell, you can put Jontae Cook out there, maybe you like Casey Kane, and essentially you have a package, uh, you almost call it a NASCAR package, where you could go empty out of that, and you'd have a guy like Savion Red and or Jordan Whittington who could play both, who could play both running back and wide receiver, and you could motion that guy out and make an empty set, or, hell man, if teams really want to defend your spread four-wide package with JT Sanders and X-Man and or Jay Witt, Jonte Cook, whatever it is, you could uh, you know, just run the ball with a Savion Red or a JT or sorry, a Jay Witt. Um, like yeah. it's it's a weird package, but I think it gives you a ton of flexibility. I mean, it's worth the shot. You know what I'm saying? It's a we, lot of flexibility, and and it it freaks teams out because exactly. they're not going to know what to do You're because there's do. so much speed on the Come field on, that put, you it'll you'll get you'll get somebody to burn a timeout. You hey, ding, you ding, will, ding, you ding, will ding, get ding. someone to burn a timeout totally because they're going to be like, hold up, hell no, somebody's matched up on somebody exactly. don't need to be. We're going to change this we got, right yeah. now. We got a middle linebacker on Jay Witt because he was in the backfield most <laughs> exactly. not not like this at all. No. Or on Savion Red, still exactly. a win. I think you get funky with your formations. Man, I think you could really throw some teams off, discombobulate them. Like no you said, no. at least force a timeout. A force and, and, a timeout and something like that, too, you can also throw in the, well, we can do this, hurry up, where we don't even allow them a sub <sighs> – because we're rotating them, and we know we're going to run this play, this play, and then on the third play, we're going to rotate them in here. And when they line up like this, it's definite timeout or a or down a big play or a big play because they can't sub in the right personnel. That is, it's almost like yeah. So if they don't call a timeout, then that's when you go with the hurry up because yeah. you can you because can find you know the you're like advantage. yeah we we can go and we have Ooh. the personnel that can run multiple formations. I know. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. All right, just tossing it around. All right, yeah. we come back. Uh, we'll get into what's on tap and we'll wrap this thing up and put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful nothing horns. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. 
sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... mm. Pop a top again. I just got time. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. And before we do, we'll let you know Texas baseball got the dub. And they're already done. Done. <laughs> this is the new era of baseball, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Okay, they started at 4 o'clock. They were done before we got off the air. Before we got off the air. God bless. Yes. God bless the new rules of Major Baseball. And God bless Rob Manfred, Harge. Uh, play, <laughs> Players Association, man. Way to, way, to, way to put some things on the table. There you go. There you what go. What you got on tap tonight? I'm going to watch some baseball, but I am going to go home tonight and I'm going to watch the series about Reggie Jackson. Okay. There's a series that's out about Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, and I've been meaning to stop what I was doing. Check it out. To check it out. And now that basketball is over, Texas already played, I want to go home and watch that. What uh, platform is it on, do you know? I think it's on Amazon. Okay, so I'm like I gotta verify to that, but I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna and then once I figure it out, I'll text you and let you know. Okay, what it is. yeah, I'm yeah. Not, wait, let me do, know about that. wait, do you mean Astros consultant Reggie Reggie Jackson? I, I do mean uh, Astros I just want consultant. To, you know, hey, the best right. team he has worked for. There it the is. Astros, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what you got on tap? Uh, tons of NBA on tonight, so I'll be watching that, and then I'll be checking to see if the Astros. Can start to turn that corner. Not no playing doubt. great to start the season, but we'll get there. Oh, it's a long season. It's a long season. Hey, they season. had the trophy over at Pluckers this year. I mean, just yes, today. Nice. Did they? Today. They had the championship trophy over at Pluckers. Uh, what like you got on tap, bro? I feel like they're celebrating still the championship. Uh I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go home, catch up on my trash TV, man. I haven't I didn't watch any trash TV, so I'm watching Naked and Afraid solo. And Naked and Afraid, the original tonight. Oh, oh we're going to get butt naked. Ooh. But I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just going to be butt naked. Oh, uh, solo. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, same time. And Channel, remember the revolution I'll be telling about talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.